0: Hello, this is Dave Coriel. And today, in this episode, I want to talk about something that I think is commonly misunderstood and needs to be straightened out. I want to talk about waterfall versus agile. It's Reboot IT, the Association Technology Podcast, brought to you by Delcor. And now, your host, Delcor president and 80s pop culture maven, Dave Coriel. So one of the things that I think in the community needs to be ironed out here is, what are people talking about when they talk about agile and waterfall and I wanna be agile and oh, is this company we're gonna work with agile? Oh no, they're not, they're classical. You know, what does that mean and why do we care and how much should you care and what is caring gonna get you? So um, let's start with a few minutes of each as far as defining what we're talking about. And then we're going to talk about why you should care and what you uh, should expect and look out for when using different development methodologies. So Waterfall is sometimes called classic development methodology or classical is what we used to do back in the day when I started software development. And we, and, it, and it really followed, you know, and you, it followed something called the system development lifecycle, which was around kind of trying to figure out everything you needed the software to do, everything you needed the system to do before you went and built it so that you built it just right. You built it perfectly. Well, there were some problems with it and we'll get into those, but but basically you should be aware that with waterfall or classic development, basically what, what happens is, you know, you define everything up front and then you build it, then you deliver it. And you can look up, SDLC, and it can be system development life cycle, software development lifecycle, to really understand what the different phases are of it. And one thing when I talk about SDLC, or when I talk about this, this methodology, I'll say one thing to be aware of when you look at these methodologies is you're gonna find differences, but they're not critical differences. And what I mean by that is if you look at one model of waterfall or SDLC, you might find the different phases named something different, but don't let that confuse you. It's all the same basic principle, which is what we're really trying to get to here. Because in the beginning, when we started developing software and systems, we used the same process that that you would use to develop anything else that we were manufacturing in, in the world or in this country. In that regard, the reason that we did it the way we do it was because we had things called assembly lines and production plants. So. It was really important to understand all the little details of a product before you set up an assembly line or you set up some type of production plant to create the device or the uh the thing you're, whether you're talking about a telephone or a car or furniture that's going to be mass produced everything each screw each wheel each you know piece of hardware had to be specifically identified and how it was going to be installed and how it was going to work and what it was going to do for the end product. So so when we started developing software we kind of followed that same methodology. We need to talk about every single thing the software is going to do before we hand it over to end users and they can use it. So we need to make sure we know what it all what all of it is so we can get it right and they're happy. Well, a couple decades of software development go by and people still aren't real happy with their software. Why? because it's hard to do it's hard to get a system right from the beginning there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't work perfectly people don't know what they need until the end people don't know what they're they're saying so to speak and how it's being interpreted and how that's going to be turned into an actual an actual resol- you know usable system so until they get it in their hands and say oh that's not what i meant there's this room for error. And that's what happens in waterfall. And that's why it's been blamed um because there's a problem with that exact issue, right? There's a problem with I didn't mean that. I know I said that, but what I meant is this. So one thing that we like to say in, in development is that, you know, specifications or requirements, rather, can be vague, but the system can't be. The system is going to do one thing or another. And it's the one thing or another that a user needs it to do. So you need to get the one thing or another right, because one thing may be right and another may not, right? So that's really what comes down to in Waterfall. So that's what, where we came from. We came from this in the, from a manufacturer's perspective, and that's why we, we developed software to begin with. Now, just a little bit more background on Waterfall or classic development methodologies. They are um, very phase-oriented. When I talk about this um, in a class that I do at Georgetown, I talk about the um, phases of SDLC, system development lifecycle, are mirrored in this methodology, waterfall methodology, because you do all this upfront piece of planning, then you gather requirements, critical step, that's a whole separate podcast, how to gather requirements. You gather and validate the requirements, you then will go into some type of develop or engineering and, and, and designing phase, development phase, testing phase, and then deployment. Then you repeat the entire cycle for modifications or upgrades um, as they're coming along. There's this one way track running through all of this though. One of the defining characteristics of this methodology is that when you get to the end of one of those phases, for example, planning, and you move into the requirements gathering phase, you are done planning. After you've gathered all the requirements and you have sign-off or you have mutual agreement between the development team and the end users who are representing the stakeholder groups, so to speak, once you have mutual agreement, you're done gathering requirements and you're going into an engineering stage. That's the one of the defining characteristics of waterfall. You move forward. You know what you're doing because if you think about it, the defining characteristic of waterfall where you're always moving from one phase to the next and not going backwards, that's where this essence comes from, right? That's where the essence of, once you define the requirements and move to engineering, you don't redefine requirements as you're you're engineering and building and then deploying, testing and deploying the software or the system you've already said what it's going to do you've gotten the stakeholders to agree on what it's going to do and then you've built what you said it's going to do in a perfect world speaking of perfect worlds think about all the things that have to be perfect in order for the the system to deliver value at the end you had to understand what was trying to be accomplished perfectly you had to communicate what you were doing what you were going to build to the stakeholder groups perfectly The stakeholder groups had to define for you what they needed, what would be, and here's a critical word, what would be of value to them, right, in the end, so that they can get value out of the system that you're delivering later on, sometimes three months, sometimes three years after they've told you what they need and you've interpreted what they need. So there's this whole piece in Waterfall that has the potential to break down between those phases. You know, think about that, right? Think about that, that, that there's potentially a gap and during that gap, what can happen? The business model can change, the stakeholder groups can change, uh, you know, the industry can change, technology can change by the time you're ready to roll out this product, this system. So waterfall, like any methodology, has associated risks and issues. It can be done correctly just like any methodology. But important for this intro conversation is the defining characteristics of waterfall, which are all about planning. It's all about moving in one direction only, not revisiting previous phases. And it's all about defining the end product before you build it. These are defining characteristics of classic or waterfall development methodology. So people got tired of systems not working for them. People are tired of systems not really working for them or the way they expect them to. So somewhere in the 90s, you know, we started to see other ways of developing software creeping up. You know, I mean, you've probably heard of Scrum or extreme programming. All right, that's that's just kind of funny, extreme programming. You know, uh, crystal clear development, feature-driven development, these are all different ways of developing software that were being tried by different uh, development shops, and they were being defined individually for particular purposes of, for the purpose of developing software, but for particular scenarios. So what happened was these folks who were developing these methodologies felt like they had something better than waterfall or classic. The reason that these development methodologies seemed better was because they eliminated one of the critical components or critical risks in waterfall development, which was they eliminated the risk of, you have to know everything before you develop. What these other methodologies developed was really a different process by which you define most of what the software will do or the system will do. Then you show the users what you've developed, you show the stakeholder groups what you've developed, and say, hey, did we get this right? Is this what you were talking about? Because you still have time to fix it in the process of developing the solution. So this seemed really good, right? We had this group of of developers who represented these different um, methodologies that had kind of been uh, developed individually, Scrum and the ones I mentioned earlier, um, DSDM, which is Dynamic System Development Methodology, et cetera, And these all were models that they came up with. And they got together out in 2001 at um, a lodge out in Snowbird Ski Resort in Utah. And they got together and they all wrote the Agile Manifesto, which you can search for online. And it tells you why they felt their development methodology was better. But more importantly, it told you what the essence of this new concept was, this new way of developing systems. And it really worked around the concept of We're going to value people's input more than we are documents, for example. Or we're going to put the right solution ahead of what the contract said you were supposed to get. Um, We're going to put communication ahead of documentation. There are these tenets of of the Agile manifesto that all these different developers agreed on, that this is the way that we were going to develop software, and we're all going to bake these concepts into what we're doing from now on because software is going to be so much better. So... That's really why it got started. The Agile Methodologies, that was called the Agile Manifesto. And it was signed by all the different groups. And they said, okay, everybody, let's keep doing what we're doing. We're going to make way better systems than we were making using old classic methodologies. That's how it got started. So the defining characteristics are, for Agile, is that it's not the same concept of we need to know everything about the product before or the system before we go and develop it. We just need to know most things about the system. So take probably what's considered one of the more popular um, developed methodologies like Scrum. So with Scrum, the product owner, which is a specialized word, it's a word in Scrum that's used to be basically the executive sponsor. Uh, that person's responsible for defining what the software will do, what the system will do in a large scale way, uh, not just kind of at a high level, but but really the specifics of of what users and what features the software is gonna have and how that's gonna translate into value for the stakeholder groups, right? So taking that into account, uh, what you need to get to is the majority of the system's functionality being defined at a level so that the overall development efforts can be estimated. From there, the team can prioritize, right? And decide how they're going to develop this new system in stages as opposed to all at once. So defining characteristics of Agile include defining mostly, rather mostly defining the software, but not completely defining the software before development starts. Then once development starts, it's mostly, but not completely finishing the piece or module or function that that the development team is working on and showing it to the group that needs to say, hey, yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I needed the system to do. Or, hmm, that's mostly right, but what about this? I don't think we were communicating right about this. One example I use regularly is uh, something really simple that we all use all the time and understand, which is user authentication, logging into a system. Let's say a system requires that function. That's pretty straightforward, right? You need a username and you need a password. That's the basics and every system might start with that well what about other things what about the uh authentication piece there or the the piece of functionality and authentication that allows you to reveal your password so you can see it you know that little eyeball on the right hand side often what about the forgot my password functionality or remember me functionality that's available in a lot of login or authentication um parts of a system what about integrating with something like a face ID or a fingerprint ID on devices that have that type of capability? All those are the types of things that maybe need to be discussed during the implementation, but should be defined ahead of it. So let's take Agile where let's take Agile uh, again, let's let's look at the user authentication piece. During the initial development of the requirements for the system. There might be a it needs an authentic there might be a discussion around it needs an authentication tool. Of course it does. So we're gonna have username, we're gonna have password, we're gonna have forgot my password. And we show that, let's say that the team develops that and they're showing that to the stakeholder group that's in charge of that piece of functionality. The stakeholder group might say, Hey, what about combining that with face ID on a phone so that you don't have to log in each time if it can read your face? Or they might say, Hey, what about the um, you know, remember me function? I don't see that there. This is the be- this is one of the beautiful things about Agile is because the team can then say, "You know what? Based on where we are in our development, based on in, of the product of the system here, we have enough wiggle room and left in refining this piece of functionality to add the forgot my password or reveal my password function." but we don't have enough to integrate with the requirements. We don't have enough time or, or resources left in this particular development cycle to include face ID, but that's a really good idea. Let's put that on the product roadmap and let's put it further down the line in a subsequent development effort. So what this, as you can see, what this requires is both sides of the team need to be flexible as far as what's going to be developed in the end. You can't have a stakeholder group that says, hey, I really want the face ID functionality and we need to build it in there because that's what I was talking about when I said new authentication. And you can't have a development team that says, well, you didn't mention anything other than what's on here. So that's what you're getting. That's the agile. That's the people over process. That's functionality over documentation. That's communication over rigid process, etc. So that's that's really that where this group who wrote the Agile Manifesto really feels like, okay, this is something good now. And really that's that's what the difference is. The main differences, you know, in a nutshell are I'm gonna define everything up front, I'm gonna develop it and deliver it, waterfall. Versus I'm gonna define everything up front, but there's gonna be a little bit less fidelity in the picture of what it is because I've got some wiggle room to adjust as I go through and as I develop to make sure that I'm delivering value and the stakeholder groups are happy. That doesn't happen in Waterfall. A couple of things to kind of close this out. So that's that's an introduction to Waterfall versus Agile, what the differences are. There's a lot more to talk about, and I'm always happy to talk about this stuff. There's a lot more to talk about when when it comes to the pros and cons and whys and hows and so on related to two different methodologies. But really what you need to know is that when you're looking to implement a new system, one's not better than the other one by default. I have seen Agile projects and I have talked to so many developers and stakeholder groups where Agile failed for them, just like Waterfall failed for them. There's a couple of key things to try to prevent that. One, one of the key concepts in Agile that will help you prevent failure is making sure everyone's educated on what you're getting yourself into. With Agile, the, the subject matter experts, the, the stakeholder groups have to be much more available to the development team than they do in Waterfall. They have to participate in weekly or every other week meetings to make sure that we're on track for what we're trying to do in terms of delivering value. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm saying it's a really good thing if they have time to do it. You have to be aware that that's what they need to do though and dedicate their time to that development life cycle. You also have to be aware and they need to be aware that they have to come to the table really ready to share what they're thinking and contribute what they're thinking. And the development team has to come to the table with no ego and no bias. They need to listen to the the stakeholder groups and the subject matter experts about what would be valuable to them. There's a term called gold plating where developers feel like they know what's better than the end users do for them. So they go ahead and add features and functions and do things the way they think it's better. Gold plating is an example of what your development team can't come to the table with right they can't come thinking they know better than you what you need you have to have a balance in the entire team about what's right and what's a value and what can be done and what we have resources for and what can wait and what needs to be delivered in the in the mvp the minimum viable product right the first delivery of the new system so everyone has to work really as a team well in agile and everyone has to be all in on their part they have to be educated about their part they have to be available for their part There's been a number of times where we've seen the subject matter experts aren't available for meetings whether it's requirements gathering or requirements review or training or testing doesn't matter which methodology you're using your, your your system won't succeed as well as it could have if subject matter experts aren't all in on their role and if the development team doesn't come to the table understanding that they don't always know better and that they are gonna have to listen carefully to what the value is to the subject matter expert or end user in the end that the system has to deliver. So kind of bringing this back to um, things you need to think about, You the list would be that the team you're working with, both the development team and the stakeholder groups need to be educated, and I mean educated about the process their role and their commitment too often organizations say hey we're going to work with an agile developer and it's going to be great and then all of a sudden the subject matter expert commitment to that process isn't able to be fulfilled because there wasn't enough planning or education and there's pushback from the subject matter experts being in weekly or bi-weekly meetings so that's one piece Another thing is that you can't go into an agile development project thinking because it's agile, it's going to succeed. That doesn't work. Agile is awesome. Waterfall is awesome. It just depends on the culture. It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. It depends on the size of the project. It depends on really the team in either case communicating, right? That's what it depends on. Now, agile has that extra bonus that all else being equal that with Agile, the stakeholder groups, the end users, the subject matter experts get to see it and comment on it and reshape it slightly before it's delivered, as opposed to Waterfall where it's delivered and that's what you asked for. Oh, we misunderstood? Well, I could see how this can be interpreted two ways in the requirements section. We interpreted this way. Sorry, that's not the way you meant. That doesn't happen in Agile. It shouldn't happen in Agile. Other things you need to think about is your culture as an organization. Are you the type of organization that can commit the resources? But more importantly, are you the type of organization that has a culture in which you can accept going into something, not knowing exactly what you're signing off on and buying before you buy it? So think about that. With Waterfall, one of the primary reasons that uh, folks will gravitate towards it is because in theory, you're signing off on a scope of work and a set of functionality in the system that you know specifics about. You know down to the last detail how the system will be, uh, will, what it will do and how it'll perform. As opposed in agile, you know, you know you're going through a process through, by which you're going to understand most of what the system will do, but you're leaving some room for for some changes along the way and not all organizations have a culture that can accept that so keep that in mind you have to and your team has to accept that you're not going to know everything that you sign you're not going to know everything the system's going to do in detail before you sign off on potentially some large scale system development or implementation project and i'm not talking about custom development only we're talking about uh, either of these process either waterfall or agile being used for implementing a custom developed application or it could be commercial off the shelf you, or you could be implementing something like Salesforce and you can use an agile methodology for implementing or waterfall right so so we're not just talking about custom software here I'm going to leave you with a few thoughts before you decide how agile or waterfall works for your organization let's talk about it some more to really understand the nuances. And also, just because a developer tells you that they're an agile shop doesn't mean they know what they're doing and doesn't mean they don't know what they're doing. It's up to you to make sure you understand which agile methodology they use, why they use it. Are they using it thoroughly? Are they fully educated in it? Are they going to educate your team in it? Right? So those are all pieces of, of, of the puzzle that you have to have in place before you, before you select uh, a particular methodology. The other thing I want you to consider is when you're looking at solution providers, is agile versus waterfall part of your decision-making criteria? Are you sold on one methodology over the other? Or do you wanna hear from the development or implementation shop why they use which one and how they feel that ensures your success or more likelihood of success will result from their efforts. So you have three things now. You have a better understanding of waterfall versus agile, and we've only scratched the surface. You have an understanding of of your need to understand these further and, and understand how they will play out in your organization's process and how they'll play out in your organization's culture. And you have the question of whether or not this is a piece of your selection or decision-making criteria for any development or implementation methodologies that you're going to be looking at. So naturally, there's a lot of content available out there about Agile and Waterfall. I'm happy to talk about this all day, any day. You know, So feel free to get in touch, feel free to look up, feel free to send me a note. Thanks for tuning in to Reboot IT. If you like what you heard, please help us out by subscribing and giving the podcast a five-star rating. Have association technology topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes? Reach out to us via our website at delcor.com. We'll see you next time.